Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 534. And Van Halen on Rock 102. Now listen, the forecast is calling for snow. But it's like an inch by noon today. Not a lot. But it is slippery out there, so do be careful. It's going to become clear this afternoon. A high of 38 tonight. Partly cloudy, low of 6. And for tomorrow, partly cloudy, high of 21. It's uh, 36 degrees right now in downtown Springfield. Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds will be joining us later on this morning. Probably going to talk about hockey. Maybe some other things. Also, your chance to uh, win an Amazon Echo Dot coming up around 745 this morning with code word Alexa. Make sure you're listening and follow the, uh, the instructions to the letter. That way you can win yourself an Amazon Echo Dot. Dave Coombs is here, still filling in for uh, Steve Nagel, who will be, be up the remainder of the week. It's 536 on Rock 102. Bourbon Barbecue and Blues is back on Saturday, February 5th from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Delaney House in Holyoke. It's an evening of great food, smooth drink. Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 552 in Fleetwood Mac on Rock 102. Hey, highs in the upper 30s today. We're going to have a little snow, though, perhaps some slippery roads this morning, a little light band of rain and snow heading our way. It'll be subsiding by like 10 or 11 this morning, up to an inch or two of snow here, maybe a little more in Boston and Foxborough and parts of eastern mass yeah no big uh, no big deal nope. we'll all get through it yep. we all know how to drive in an inch of snow well you think most of us anyway. most of us do yep hey uh what do you say we hop into some hollywood trash with dave coombs from laser 993 filling in for steve nagel and rock one two all right let's get to it uh, kiss has added five new dates in may to its end of the road tour or at least this version of its end of the road tour they'll be hitting among other places hartford connecticut on May the 14th at the Xfinity Theater. So for you KISS maniacs, get your makeup ready to go. Joined uh, joined the KISS uh, Army back in 1977. Did you? I did. Did you Did you get all, all uh, no, dude it up I, I, with the I've, makeup and I've, all that kind of stuff? I've never not? been a face painter. Oh. Uh, or a chest painter. Well, then I've, you can't officially proclaim being part of the Kiss Army, can no, you? No, I, I signed up. I got, the, I got oh. the patch. Oh, did you? Okay. I got the iron-on patch. Wow. I, uh, I got all kinds of things. Uh, I was a big fan. My very first concert was really? uh, was Kiss in 1978, the Love Gun Tour. That's oh, impressive. What a show. I think my first concert around the same time was the Marshall Tucker Band in St. Paul, Minnesota. My oh, dad, I had a much, that, my I had a much better experience. <laughs> no, you didn't. My show was much better than yours. Did, did you have some... Did you have some marijuana? No, my parents took me, but they <laughs> loved it. Yeah, you're a little younger than I they am. They thought, man, that that man that's breathing the fire and spitting the blood, what a marvelous performer. Really? Yeah, no, they really liked it. So your parents may be more likely to go to the end-of-the-road tour stop in Hartford, Connecticut on May 14th. Well, you know, uh, my parents and Gene Simmons are all about the same age. <laughs> oh, well... We'll see if this end of the road tour is indeed the end of their road, or maybe they'll be end of the road. I think they kind of hit part, the end of the road years ago. Yeah, but that's not going to stop them. These guys never know when to stop. Look at the Rolling Stones for crying out loud. <laughs> you know, when you're uh, performing and you're wearing those big, you know, five-inch platform shoes at the age of seventy years old, mm-hmm. and you're 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 groaning and you're moaning while you're trying to sing. Uh, Detroit Rock City or Plaster Caster. It doesn't really have the same oomph as it did when you were back in your 30s. They want to rock and roll all night. Yeah, they, they just, they, they can't. Yes. 
Hey, because uh, their night their night sleep is interrupted by pre, by uh, periodic trips to the bathroom. Yes, and a few drugs to keep you rolling. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic will be portrayed by Daniel Radcliffe. Yes, the famous Harry Potter actor will be turning into Weird Al for an upcoming biopic. That's the weirdest casting I've ever I've ever heard. Yep. If you I mean there was if there was ever a guy that is so not like Weird Al, it's Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, but you know what? If you add the long-haired wig to Daniel Radcliffe and the little goofy mustache, I could see it. Where, you know, if you took away that stuff from Weird Al, he'd just look like an average nerd like Daniel Radcliffe if you took away the long hair and the little thin mustache. You know, when Val Kilmer played uh, Jim Morrison, yes, he passed. He looked like Jim Morrison. Yeah, he couldn't do that now, though. No, not now, but <laughs> the younger Val Kilmer kind of looked like him. Mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe looks nothing like Weird Al. Well, we're gonna at f- all. We're gonna find out. Yankovic himself recently announced the project for which he will serve as writer and producer of Weird, the Weird Al Yankovic story. It's gonna be airing on the Roku channel, and it'll be co-produced by Funny or Die and Tango. All right, I'm sure it'll be fine. Just Radcliffe wouldn't have been my first pick. Do you have anybody else in mind or not? Well, I would have thought Sidney Poitier, but uh, he didn't make it. <laughs> Bill Murray wasn't up for the role, but he did put on an impromptu performance in New York City yesterday. The 71-year-old comedian hanging around at Washington Square Park where he teamed up with a cellist and a violinist and a pianist who were there. Really? And he started just belting out Broadway tunes. Like, I Feel Pretty from West Side Story. Well, if there's anyone that knows how to sing. I mean, we've all, we all remember the old bit where he played, uh, I didn't even know what the name of the character was, but he was like the lounge singer. The Star Wars uh, character? Oh, the Star yeah. Wars songs? Oh, yeah. yeah. That guy can really belt out a, out a good song. Well, I'd play you the audio, but it's just not worthy of the air. There is, you know, somebody captured it on their cell phone. It's like, when, it's he, a- it's like when he sang um, uh, yeah, Brandy. You're a fine girl yes. by Looking Glass in uh, Stripes, I believe. What a good wife you would be. You know, I've actually been to the famous gravesite of Brandy. It's in New Jersey. It's right next to a parking lot adjacent to a, a mall in New Isn't Jersey. Isn't everything in New Jersey near a parking lot adjacent yes. to a mall? Yes, and there's just a, like a little cordoned off area featuring a, a grave marker with a little story about Brandy on it. If you want to go check it out, it's in New Jersey. Well, let's go. Let's just uh, pack up our cars and go. Good road trip. Fox TV is going to launch something called The Real Dirty Dancing. Coming up on February 1st, the competition series is inspired by the 1987 film starring Jennifer Grey and Patrick Swayze. And The Real Dirty Dancing will follow celebrity contestants partnering up to learn the film's iconic dance routines and they'll be recreating classic scenes from dirty dancing so it's not going to get real dirty well it is fox it ain't going to get that dirty it's not as dirty as i want it to it's the real yes the real dirty dancing february 1st you're probably going to have to go somewhere else to to get the dose you're looking for john do you have any any, like website urls i got right now i mean let let me grab a pen for the for real dirty dancing real dirty dancing don't look at me at least not on the air. I'm not willing to admit that. John Stewart will receive the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. Yes, John Stewart 
The organization announced that the Daily Show alum will be presented with the award at a gala coming up on Sunday, April 24th, the Kennedy Center Concert Hall in Washington, D.C. That's cool. If you love Sofia Vergara. I do. Yeah, who doesn't, I mean, not, right? Not, 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 I've never met her, but from afar. I, you know, sure. Why not? Sure. From a Modern Family, of course. Yes. She's going to be starring in Griselda on Netflix. She'll play Griselda Blanco, the new limited series inspired by the Colombian businesswoman who created one of the most profitable cartels in history, which led to her being known as the Godmother. Well, you make it sound like you're dismissing uh, the fact that it's a business. You know, it's not easy running a cartel. It's as every bit as complicated as any Fortune 500 company. Legitimate there, questionable here. That's it for your Hollywood trash. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. We got your sports coming up in just a couple of minutes on Rock 102. Springfield's White Lion Brewery, the symbol of good that unifies. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the King of Snow. Get an errands at Rockies. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I'll be honest. If you were to file a subpoena to look into my personal and or business emails for the purpose of exposing the very worst parts of my personality, I think you'll find that apart from the multiple offers to hold cash for certain members of a Nigerian royal family or the chance to increase the size of my penis, there's very little incriminating information residing in my inbox. When you're John Gruden, the former head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, and your emails are found to be rife with racist remarks, anti-gay statements, and misogynistic sentiments, then suddenly you look like a jerk that sends out too many emails. As some of you may know, when John Gruden resigned as head coach of the Raiders earlier this season, he decided to file a lawsuit against the NFL for leaking those emails to the public after they were investigating more than 650,000 emails that were sent to and from the offices of the Washington football team where Gruden's emails were sent as well. Gruden believes that he was specifically targeted by Commissioner Roger Goodell in an orchestrated campaign against him, and that would explain why his hate-fueled emails were leaked to the public, whereas the remaining offensive emails were not. Yesterday, the NFL filed a motion to dismiss Gruden's lawsuit, calling it baseless and without evidence. Now. I'm no lawyer, but perhaps there would be no need to file a lawsuit if John Gruden had the ability to keep his astonishing ignorance to himself. If he did, he might be enjoying the remaining years of his 10-year, $100 million contract with the Raiders. Instead, he's suing the NFL without any definitive proof that they were plotting against him. As it turns out, the NFL isn't particularly crazy about anybody using their emails to spew forth their various prejudicial agendas. And if it seems like you've been singled out, it's likely because you were too stupid to know that putting that stuff in writing and hitting send is probably a really stupid thing to do. So if anyone is to blame here and ain't the NFL, it's probably the guy who sent the emails like a blithering idiot. And just so we're clear, I'm talking to you, John Gruden. But hey, never my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. What's on sale at Rockies? A bunch of stuff. And it's at your fingertips at Rockies.com. And now at Rockies on the Ace Hardware app. Or you go old school and pick up a sales flyer in any Rockies location. What's on sale at Rockies? Again, a bunch of stuff. And it's available right now at your fingertips. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 612 and the Black Crows on Rock 102 with 
Bax and Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3. A little slippery perhaps today. The roads may have some ice and snow and some rain subsiding by 10 or 11 this morning. Maybe an inch or two building up here more. Maybe three inches in Boston and Foxborough and portions of Eastern Mass. Highs in the upper 30s today. Uh, code word Alexa coming up around 745. Your chance to win an Amazon Echo Dot right here on Rock 102. So today is National Disc Jockey Day, Bax. Congratulations um, to us. Congratulations to you, Dave. <laughs> Do you know why it's National Disc Jockey Day or not? Uh, uh, I don't know why today. What? Why Why today? Was today the day Marconi uh, found himself a cottage on the Cape? Nothing to do with Marconi or Tesla, for that matter. Has to do with the disc jockey who helped coin the phrase rock and roll. Alan Freed. Alan Freed. That guy. Very good. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio, I think, is where he was. Yeah. yeah. Most of his career. Anyway, he died. 57 years ago today. And so that's why it's National Disc Jockey Day. There's some poll stats here from a survey. Uh, 95% of us apparently spend about an hour prepping each show. Oh, no. I, I, I do like an hour for every 10 minutes I'm on the air. About a third <clears throat> of us say we do three hours or more of prep. Yeah, that's what we tell you. Right. I mean... What you said earlier about the hour, I mean, that's probably accurate. But as yeah. far as management is concerned, mm -hmm. oh, no, it's at least three, four, five, ten hours a day. Yes, exactly. That's how we justify the enormous salaries we're paid here. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, according to Tinder, radio personality is one of the sexiest jobs. It's one of the most right-swiped jobs you can have, according to Tinder. Can I just peel the curtain back uh, just a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you yeah. can see what's going on mm -hmm. to, with the wizard behind the curtain? Sure. Um, I have known a lot of radio people uh, in my career. I know you have. Uh, you know, uh, you could probably confirm this. We are not a sexy bunch of people. We we the, we are for the most part wildly unappealing. That's why we gravitate towards this business. Uh, There's no other business that would have us. And and by the way, it it is an incestuous business. We bump into some of the same characters over and over again. And even though you and I had never worked together with each other until we got here. We've crossed paths with guys that we both work well, with, like Jim Rodeo was one of them. And, and that, by the way, that's his real name. Yeah, it's R O D I O, and Jim. that's John's former partner. Right. Yeah. So you know, like you when you first came to town, you and I went out to lunch. We went to Theodore's. We yep. ripped through a bunch of burnt ends, and that was fantastic. Which was my first time having burnt ends. By the way, that was great. Yeah, and you know, I I would rather talk about the burnt ends, but you know, <laughs> since we're talking about uh, you know. You know, it was almost like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I think between the two of us, yes. we probably knew about 35 guys. It, yeah, it, it's Just insane. between the two of us. It's insane. And as for Rodeo, by the way, Jim Rodeo used to tell a great story. Years ago, he was on the air in Chicago, and he would talk to listeners on the air. He was doing a late-night shift, I guess, in Chicago at one point, and mm -hmm. he'd get dates that way. And, and that's one of the stats from the survey. 39% of us apparently have dated a listener before. I have not. I don't know if... You have um, not not right. No, I can't say I dated a listener. OK, I mean, uh, I've you bumped into listeners, uh, what have you, but mm -hmm. never, never dated. I mean, you know, when I met my my wife, she didn't listen to this show. Right. I mean, she had no reason. She had like a like a, a two mile commute to work. Uh, Jim Rodeo did date listeners from time to time. He yeah. was telling the story about being on late night DJ in Chicago, talking to listeners on the air and then setting up a date with them. And the date would consist of, hey, meet me on the corner of uh, Northern Michigan and Oak Street yep. at, you know, I get off at midnight 
and he would do a drive-by. And Just st- to make sure. And if she was like Quasimodo's <laughs> sister, he'd keep driving. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the old way of doing it. But I knew him uh, in Milwaukee, and I actually knew his m- morning show partner even better. Which is crazy, but that's uh, absolutely true. So uh, one of my favorite stories from years ago in radio, and I got a ton of them. Uh, I was working with a guy named Gomez years ago, and he had a former partner named Big Mike. So it was it was Big Mike. Was he a little person? No, Big Mike was a big guy. A big guy? Yeah. So it fit. So it was, it was the Big Mike and Gomez show. Yes. That was the name of the show, because Big Mike was an established superstar in Syracuse, and Gomez was an up-and-comer at the time. Now Gomez is a, a legend there in Syracuse. But anyway, it was called the Big Mike and Gomez Show, and they had promotional items from time to time. Sure. You've had those with Bax and O'Brien on mugs and things oh, like yeah. that, right? had them all. Yeah. So they had a um, Big Mike and Gomez pencil back in the nice. early 80s or something like that. Man, that they the would... station spent wasted no expense on those guys, <laughs> Exactly huh? right. So they would give these out to listeners. They'd go to gas station or whatever, and they'd you know make an appearance and, you know, hey, do you have anything? Yes, we have this fine Big Mike and Gomez Y94 pencil for you right okay. here. <laughs> so apparently the way they printed it out, Big Mike's name was near the end where the lead would be. And okay. so as the pencil got sharpened, his name disappeared quicker than Gomez's did. Ah, there you go. So he, Big Mike, you know, went insane and said, like, this has to change. You've got to switch. Now we get just Gomez pencils. Exactly. At some point, it's just a Go pencil. Exactly. you got to switch this around. So he demanded and apparently got them to change the lettering. They had spent a lot of money on these promotional pencils, but because his name disappeared first, they had to change it around. Well, how about that? And yeah. then he was probably fired first. You know, Big Mike because they, they ran out of pencils. Well, no, you know, Big Mike lasted a long time in Syracuse, and I think retired of mm. his own volition at one point, or because his ratings sucked toward the end. I'm let, not let sure. Let me uh, let me uh, give you a little hint into my early career. I worked for some major scumbags at one point, and I don't want to name names because that would be indiscreet. But let's just say the guy's name was Dave. No connection to you. <laughs> okay. But let's just say gotcha. uh, that was the dude's name. All right. I was working. Uh, overnights. Now that was uh, you know back in the old days. You'd have a guy starting at midnight, and he would go until the morning show came mm-hmm. in the following day. But that also means you're working during bar time when the bars let out. Sure. So every drunken idiot is calling you and saying, oh, "Play Motley Crew," and you'd mm-hmm. say, uh, "Yeah, sure, I'll get that right on for you." Sure. And you, then you wouldn't, of course, but right. you promised them you would, of course, because yeah. you know, as a, as a youngster, I didn't want to, I didn't want to cause waves. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know, be seen as a guy that wasn't willing to follow direction. Or I think the phrase is, by the way, I'll try and get to that one. Yeah, well, so uh, one day, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, or one night, I'm, I'm working, doing my thing, mm-hmm. playing the music that is presented to me in a, in a uh, simplified fashion, and then I get a phone call. It's 2.30 in the morning. Oh, my God. And it's the boss. Oh, my God. It's the boss. Now, again, you have to understand, when I'm telling you that I work for scumbags, I ain't kidding. Uh, th- this is a guy who had been out all night on a drug-fueled bender, mm-hmm. okay, and booze. And he tells me, Bax, it's Dave. I need you to do me a favor. I'm like, all right, Dave, what can I do for you? He said, I need you to break into my office. I said, is it locked? He said, oh, yeah, you're going to need to like, take the, the door off the hinges and break into my office. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, why? And he said, well, <sighs> I'm here with this girl. We're on a pool table. And she says that she will do X, Y, and Z. 
to me if you go and play something from the band Testament. Now, Testament wow. is that's a, a uh, hardcore. That's yeah. a hardcore. Let me just play a little bit uh, for you in okay. case you're not aware of their canon of work. All right. You have uh, some Testament handy? Wow. Now, our radio station was not playing Testament, uh, but he wanted me to break in. He said, now, the CD is in the garbage because there was no way I was going to play it on the air, but this girl was willing to do X, Y, and Z. So go in there, break in, and uh, play Practice What You Preach. Is that, is that, is so, that one of the biblical rock right there? Biblical heavy metal? No, I don't think there was much... Uh, Testament? Think, no, it has nothing I, to do no, with the Bible. No, I, okay. I, don't, I don't think so. All it's right. like a testament to what a scumbag I'm working for. Because <laughs> what I did is I grabbed a, a screwdriver. I took his door off the hinges. I went into the garbage, grabbed the CD, went back in the studio, and played Practice What You Preach for my boss. So, very Metallica-esque, um, Very Metallica-esque. And uh, then I got a little uh, post-it note on my, uh, on my, uh, my mailbox <laughs> the following morning and said... Had a great time. Thank you very much. Wow. At least he showed some gratitude. Yeah. At least he showed that. But because we, uh, because he had a chance to have sex with some random girl in a bar on a pool table, we got to play Testament on the on the radio. How very Rick Patino of him, by it the way. It really is very Rick Patino ish <laughs> But that's how that's how my early career began. Nice. I got, yeah. And we, you know, within a year, I was doing mornings. So go figure. I guess it all worked out. Hey, we have many more stories on National Radio Disc Jockey Day for you as the show unfolds today. It's 623 on Rock 102. Give your taste buds a whirl at 7Bs out in Westfield at the corners of Route 10 and 202. Huh. See dealer for details. It's 625 with uh, Bax and Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3 and Rock 102. Now, uh, uh, again... Uh, I just I told that story not just to show you, show you that I, I was working for scumbags, but also to show you that I'm a team player. And uh, you know, it'll, you'll, you know, if uh, management were to hear that story and say, "Well, that's a gross story," I agree, but it does show you my level of commitment. And if uh, any of you out there are being promised sex on a billiards table this morning, in case we play a certain tune, hey, call in your request yeah, anytime. Yeah, yeah, but you, <laughs> there needs to be something in it for me. Uh, like at the time, you know, getting fired was really what I was worried about. Uh, I'm not worried about that today. Maybe tomorrow, but not today. Highs in the upper 30s today. We may have a little rain and snow coming through this morning, subsiding by 10 or 11. Now, uh, yet uh, earlier this week, I uh, I solicited for more jokes mm-hmm. on uh, on Facebook. And uh, got a bunch, an awful lot, a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I'm going to tell today is the one that got the most amount of likes. It got oh. a lot. Of, it got a lot of likes. Nice. So I, you know, whether or not I think it's funny is is hardly hardly the point. Yep. But I do appreciate everybody who not only submitted their jokes but also reacted to the ones that were sent. A good way to do it, by the way. It's sort of like as if. Um Comedy was a category on Yelp, and you could get uh, positive yeah. reviews like right, that, right? Absolutely. It's a good way of, uh, of looking at it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. All right. So uh, this morning's joke was submitted by a guy named Jimmy. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, this is Jimmy's joke. So if it's not funny, blame Jimmy. It just seemed to get a lot of uh, a lot of notice, and so I'm uh, the today's joke by Jimmy. Nice. 
A group of friars uh, were behind in their belfry payments, which I didn't even realize was a thing. Hmm. But they were behind in their belfry payments, so they opened up a small florist shop to raise funds. And since everybody liked to buy flowers from the men of God, a rival florist across town thought the competition was unfair. So the rival florist hires Hugh McTaggart, the roughest, most vicious thug in town, to persuade them to close. And so, and they were so terrified, they did, proving that Hugh and only Hugh can prevent florist friars. Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, oh, you had to be careful yeah. with that one. Huh? Oh, you really did. That's why Enunciate. I told, that's why I told it slowly. Yes. Because uh, you know, I could have really butchered the hell out of that one. <laughs> Booyah! Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102. 6.30 with uh, Bax and Dave Coombs on Laser 99.3 on Rock 102. It is time for news, and here's Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey may announce her bid for governor officially as early as today. A close ally confirming that to Mass Live late yesterday afternoon. There are two other declared Democratic gubernatorial candidates so far state senator sonia chang diaz and harvard professor danielle allen on the republican side you got a gubernatorial candidate former state representative jeff deal and also an mit lecturer shiva ayadurai who's apparently opposing the covid19 vaccines you know can i just uh, state uh, for the record here that uh, if you're uh, a college professor, I don't know if that really qualifies you enough to be the governor of the state of Massachusetts. I think you stand a better chance, Bax. I would agree. Yeah, but I'm not going to run. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want a political job no, no matter how good it paid. I, no way. Same way, but you'd get votes, I'm telling you. You would nah. get votes above an MIT lecturer, I think. I don't think so. I don't think so. Even Even MIT might do better than me. Because, frankly, they're smarter than me. And yeah. I think anyone who's listened to the show knows what they would be getting. And I think uh, I, I would be crushed in the polls. Well, it's maybe, maybe smarter intellectually, but probably uh, you're more down to earth than an MIT lecturer is going to be. More in touch with the common man. Maybe, maybe, but, uh, but not qualified mm. in the least. I, hey, does that stop any politician? I'm not qualified to serve at even the lowest levels of government. Local government, town government, no, believe me, you, you don't. Somebody once asked me, uh, hey, you know what? You should run for the planning board in East Long Meadow. Mm-hmm. I just said, why? <laughs> why would I want to do that? I'm not qualified and I'm not interested. No, well, good God, no. So speaking of politics, yesterday we talked about the new mayor of Boston laying down that mandate yes. for wearing masks indoors and showing proof of vaccination in order to enjoy a meal at a restaurant, a game at TD Garden, or, I don't know, a a nail clipping at a hair salon, wherever you're going to enjoy indoors. You can't do it unless you have the proof of vaccination card and the mask. Right. So, a manager at Regina Pizzeria in the north end of Boston was trying to comply. A maskless customer walked in on Sunday night and the owner, the proprietor of the Regina Pizzeria, put you know asked the maskless customer to pay. Please put on a mask. Yeah. Uh, the customer punched him in the face. Punched him in the face. Yes, according to a report in the Boston Herald. Is this before or after they ordered the pizza? <laughs> well, you know, it's not clear. 
the assault occurred just one day after the mandate we were just talking about. The citywide indoor vaccine mandate was handed down from Boston's mayor and put into effect. The real irony here is Regina Pizzeria was ranked the best pizza parlor in America by TripAdvisor back in 2018. All right, let me just uh, let me just uh, state something here. Um, there are certain people that you should never take a swing at. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who's preparing your food, right? Um, someone who is uh, giving you a tattoo, and I'm going to say maybe. You know, a, like a medical professional. Well, unless unless the, the services have already been rendered, in, in which case then you've gotten what you paid for. Maybe, right, but it, but if this is the be- let's let's just say if, if, for the that you're right. Mm-hmm. Let's say this is in fact the best pizzeria in in America. Mm-hmm. Now, I, it's probably not, but let's just say for the uh, for the sake of argument, it is. Mm-hmm. If I punch the owner in the puss mm-hmm. right there in the suck, right, I'm never going to be able to go back there again. Well, I will have ruined my ability to go back there for, to the best pizzeria in America. Even if it's the best pizzeria in Boston, I can't go back there. I can't show my face. I just punched the owner right in the right in the right, in the, right in the in the melon. I think if you cold cock a pizza maker, you're not really thinking ahead to where your dining options are going to be in the future. No, right? you're not thinking at all. That's what I'm saying. There are certain people you just don't punch. Hmm. Anyone serving you food, hands off. I don't care what they do. You may wind up going back there, and as soon as they do, I tell you what, they're going to hork up a big luger right in your pizza the next time you're around, and you're going to eat the slice and not even know. True that. Regina Pizzeria, again, in Boston. Now, speaking of the best, apparently Market Basket is one of the best. I'd never even heard of this place. Yeah, they, they got them like, uh, like uh, east of uh, Springfield. They're not, uh, they're not out here yet. The New England-based chain of grocery stores. Uh, apparently leapfrogging a few other retailers to land at number three in a ranking of top grocery stores. Uh, Market Basket stealing the number three position from Trader Joe's. They have a continued excellence on price and operations, and they beat out a few other popular grocery retailers like mm-hmm. Wegmans, which is yeah. well known in the New York State area. You know, Wegmans is a, is a pretty cool place. Yeah. Now, I've been to Trader Joe's. That's okay, but that's like a... That's almost cultish. People that shop at Trader Joe's just love going to Trader Joe's. And they not only love going to Trader Joe's, they like telling everybody, hey, I'm going to Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is a, it's not a big deal to me. I've been in there and, you know, Wegmans is, is pretty damn good. I'll say that. I don't know. Has Wegmans expanded to Massachusetts yet? I don't, I don't think they're in Massachusetts. But if you've ever been to one, it's, there. It's, it's, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, and a great place to work, they say, too. Now, this is interesting. The top spot? For grocery chains? Yes. Amazon. Tech giant Amazon is the number one grocer, according to this study, which yeah, is not, shocking to me. Yeah, but you're not everywhere. I mean, I don't believe that you can order groceries through Amazon everywhere in the country yet. Mm-hmm. I, I, looked, I looked it up, and it was not available, say, in my town. Yeah, I mean, you got to have, obviously, one of those big uh, distribution centers nearby, right? Now, they're, they're talking about building one of those nearby, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Well, there's, I mean, there's, uh, I think there's one in Holyoke. Mm-hmm. I think there's one in, uh, what is it, Windsor or Windsor Locks or mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know. I've never actually been to, uh, been to the facility, but, man, I order a lot of stuff from them. Hey, you may have a problem with uh, one of your Ford vehicles, especially if it was purchased in the southern portion of the United States or Hawaii, and sometimes people go to... You know, auctions and they, you know, they drive someplace or they fly someplace, they buy a car and they bring it back here to Massachusetts. Uh, right. Brake pedal issues. 
could have uh, increased the risk of crashes for about 200,000 cars being recalled by the Ford Motor Company. If you have a 2014 or 2015 Ford Fusion or a Lincoln MKZ and even some 2015 Mustangs are being impacted by the recall, apparently prompted by, this is odd, high temperatures and humidity eroding a rubber brake pedal part leading to brake lights staying hmm. on permanently. Interesting. Which doesn't sound connected to me, but what the hell do I know about yeah, cars? I like, I like my brakes working in a car. Yes. So anyway, if you've got any of those cars and you might have purchased them in the, the southern U.S. or in Hawaii, you might want to check with the Ford Motor Company about that recall. It could be dangerous for you to be driving out there. Speaking of driving, odd incident in the Worcester area earlier this week. According to police, a couple of guys sitting in a vehicle when shots were fired into the vehicle. Uh, the two men injured and then involved in a crash and left the vehicle. Then another male entered the car and stole the money that they had left behind. No kidding. After the victims had left the car. 36-year-old Danny Lloyd of Charlton arrested. He faces a charge of larceny over $1,200. A lot of questions I have here. First of all, what are you doing with $1,200 cash inside a car? And if you're being fired at inside that car and you got $1,200 of cash, chances are you're doing something wrong as well. Oh, I mean, I jump to conclusions. <laughs> so hopefully they can unpack this whole thing, but they do have 36-year-old Danny Lloyd of Charlton in custody right now. I'm being told there's a Wegmans out in Northborough. Oh. So I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't been uh, to, the, uh, to Northborough in a long time. To check out the Wegmans. It's a, little, it's a little far to go. All right. Northampton, not so far to go. But if you're looking for frozen yogurt, GoBerry is gone. After 12 years of serving frozen yogurt treats, GoBerry in Northampton announcing its closure. The Northampton location will have its last day this coming Sunday. So if you're a big fan of frozen yogurt and you want to get it in Northampton, you'll have to go elsewhere. The GoBerry... Amherst location will remain open under its current ownership. Are you a big frozen yogurt guy? Well, not? you know, the thing is, uh, Dave, the, the problem you have here is, while frozen yogurt sounds like a healthy option, mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, if you want a delicious frozen dairy treat, you got Harold's in, in Northampton, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. You got Bart's in, uh, in Amherst, which is also fantastic. Uh, if you've got those options... Mm -hmm. For your delicious frozen dairy treats. Ain't no reason to go to uh, get frozen yogurt. You don't need no go berry? No, I don't. Okay. I don't. I'd much rather go to Harold's. Because right. you know, Steve Harrell is like one of those ice cream pioneers. You know, that's the guy. This is a, this is a, little, uh, uh, a little bit of trivia. Used mm -hmm. to own uh, Steve's Ice Cream, which was uh, based in Rhode Island. Hmm. And uh, he had a shop okay. near Brown University. Now, when I was in high school, we went to Steve's all the time and hung out on Thayer Street in Providence. Mm -hmm. Just to give us the feeling of what it must be like to be smart enough to be, you know, near an Ivy League college, pretending to be a Brown University student. Right, we were stupid high school students. Mm -hmm. We clearly stuck up like uh, sore thumbs. But we would go to Steve's because it was fantastic. Well, Steve winds up uh, selling it uh, and then opening up another shop here in Northampton, out mm -hmm. in Northampton, mm -hmm. and it's the same thing. And he's one of the very first guys to use that cold. Uh, stone slab oh. to mix everything into your ice cream. Gotcha. I mean, that's that guy. Yeah. If if someone did it before him, 
I don't know about it, but I'm pretty sure that Steve Harrell was the guy that did that whole thing. That's good ice cream over there. Really good ice cream. Well, as long as we're talking about food, Kroger, the grocery chain based in the Midwest, just yes. put out a list of food trend predictions for 2022. Okay. They're expecting some 90s foods to trend back into form, and they're saying things like pizza bagels, corn dogs, and Fluffernutter sandwiches could be making a comeback. All right. Um, you know, uh, pizza bagels don't really do much for me. What was the other option? Uh, Fluffernutter sandwiches. Uh, okay. Fluffernutter sandwiches are an institution. It's a New England institution. It, well, yeah, I certainly, when I was 10, but like I couldn't eat one of those today. What do you mean you couldn't eat one of those today? Well, first of all, I hate, I despise marshmallow. Cannot stand it. Won't eat one of those, what's it called, s'mores, because- First you want to eat a s'mores? No. What kind of man are you? I hate marshmallow. And by the way, I don't even like milk chocolate anymore. i got to have the, the dark chocolate. So uh, s'mores are out for me. Well, you didn't realize that you were such a marshmallow snob. Yeah. I had no idea. Fluffer noter. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 uh, in other parts of the country, yes. they've never even heard of a fluff. I realize that. Yeah. And in fact, uh, if you try to bring it up and explain it to them, they there people will look at you like going, "Ooh, why would you eat that?" Um, one of my favorite sandwiches as a youth, Steve. Uh, Steve <laughs> what's John? What's your name again? <laughs> Dave. One uh, of my one of my favorite uh, sandwiches as a uh, as a growing youth, filling out my husky little pants, uh, was a triple decker. Uh, fluff and nutter sandwich, which also included jelly as well. Oh, God. You got three pieces uh, of bread. Yeah, Two of them have yeah, got peanut butter. Yeah. You got the uh, the middle piece of bread mm. that has the fluff, and mm-hmm. you put the jelly on one of the pieces of bread, and you put it all together. That sandwich, anyone who's ever had it, will join me in saying, yes, that is an outstanding decision. But a lot of people, uh, you know, turn their nose at it. All right. Well, trust you, me on this. Hey. If you have not had jelly, with your Fluffernutter. Well, you're you do not know what you are missing. Fluffernutter's making a comeback this year, according to the prediction from Kroger. Some of the other foods, as I said, corn dogs are also on, oh, also yeah. on the... I've never eaten a corn dog before, so... Oh, make, you got to go to the Big E, have uh, yourself an 18-inch corn dog. All right, so I'll put that on my go-to list yeah, for no, 2022. You got to have that, because then you're left with a two-foot stick. Which, which could come in handy for... Well, the stick is the best part. Okay. The rest of the top 10 yes. for, for foods that'll be hot in 2022, Instagrammable meals. I have no, no idea what that even that, means. That makes no, we, they're meals that look good uh, with certain filters. Everything bagels. I've never liked those. You never many, liked those? Too many flavors converging in one there. No. Pick, pick a lane for crying out loud. Don't, that, you know. Listen, I, I love the everything bagel. That's my preferred bagel. That's my go-to bagel. And also tequila and tequila mixers are going to be in for 2022, according to the food trend predictions from Kroger. All right. Well, there you go. See? Okay, so everything bagels are all, everything bagels are off the table for you, along with the fluff and utter. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know. I don't know what you're eating. When you're when you're alone, but I gotta tell you, we we be sitting on different sides of the table, alone together with others. It doesn't matter. And by the way, in cilantro, I cannot stand that spice. I eat cilantro oh. like it's like they're like a, it's like a bag of chips. How are we doing a show together? <laughs>
Uh, I don't even know who you are anymore. (laughs) Hey, there's a man in London, UK, who turned his wife into cops because she talked about committing a crime in her sleep. Ruth Fort had been working at a care home when she stole about 10 grand from a wheelchair-bound woman. Her husband, Anthony Fort, grew suspicious after she was spending thousands of dollars they didn't have during a family vacation to Mexico. A month later, she was sleeping next to Anthony, and she confessed to the crime in her sleep. Really? Anthony said, quote, I loved Ruth deeply, but I could not ignore what she had done. A sleepy time confession. How about that? Most of uh, the things that I dream about would never possibly happen. I don't dream about things that that are plausible. Of course, you know, you may be talking up a storm during your sleep, and maybe Jen just just doesn't tell you what you're saying, right? No, no, I'm not uh, not a talker. I I know how to keep things to myself. (laughs) We've got some- I do pass a lot of gas, though. Yeah. Don't even want to be there for that. Well, we're not inviting you. (laughs) Highs in the upper 30s today. after that whole fluffing out of the fiasco. And I haven't even tried a corn dog yet. Uh, We're going to have some snow and rain and slippery roads this morning up until about 10 or 11. A band of light rain and snow headed our way. Build up of maybe one to two inches. Highs in the upper 30s for today. That's your weather. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. And that's news to me on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield Classic Rock. It's 6.55 and the Who in Rock 102. Now, there's uh, they're calling for snow this morning. The accumulation is probably not going to be much more than about an inch, maybe a little bit more in some other areas, but then becoming clear by this afternoon, a high of 38. Tonight, partly cloudy, low of 6. And for tomorrow, partly cloudy and a high of uh, 21. It's uh, 36 degrees right now, and it's starting to, uh, to drizzle out there. So be careful. Could get kind of slick. So, um, uh, real quick, I, I, uh, I've got a, a couple of podcasts I want to uh, talk about. One, I can't, I don't want to say who I'm talking about, but uh, I got one coming out on Monday that I'm actually pretty excited about. Nice. Um, uh, a guy that I actually really enjoyed listening to for years, uh, but you'll have to wait before I uh, before oh. I announce that oh, one. Okay, be that way. But uh, there's another one coming up next week, uh, and I'll probably uh, air, uh, post this in the middle of next week. Uh, it's, uh, the, he's a, he's a graphic artist, uh, named, uh, Giannis, mm-hmm. and he's actually from like the New Haven area. Well, this is the guy that plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. I didn't realize no, he had no, that many talents. No, that's a, uh, Giannis, uh, close. And, uh, but, uh, Giannis is from the New Haven area. This is a guy who's done album covers for about 175 different albums. Wow. And he's got a, a gallery show coming to the music room in West Yarmouth. Uh, not this weekend, but next weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's Friday and Saturday. Friday, uh, Barry Goodrow from Boston will be playing. Is another show uh, the following night. Not with Barry Goodrow, but another guy that uh, used to manage uh, uh, Johnny Winter. It's actually a really cool venue, uh, the Music Room in West Yarmouth, and the artwork is beautiful. I mean, it's uh, really amazing. And this any, guy, any notable art, you know, artists that uh, you know, I would yeah, have heard not, of, or not? not just um, you, not just album covers, but also other art for other projects mm-hmm. for you know, Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin mm-hmm. and uh, wow. uh, King Crimson nice. and Sticks and Blue Oyster Cult and mm-hmm. a lot of other uh, you know, pretty notable artists. So uh, I'll be talking to him probably about the middle of next week. Uh, I don't normally post in the middle of the week, but this one uh, is is kind of time sensitive, so I want to give the guy some. Uh, uh, you know, a chance to promote uh, what's coming up, but it's a it's a it's a very very cool thing. You can check out 
information about called uh, the Music Room CapeCon.com. Tell you everything you need to know about uh, the gallery and uh, and the venue. They do pretty cool shows out there too, so uh, you can check that out. But that's all coming up next week on BaxnoBrian.com, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. All right, coming up in just a few minutes, we'll have the sports and new rules for transgender athletes at the NCAA level. It's 6.57 with Bax and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. GG Inks, screen printing and embroidery. They print their shirt on your back. Heck, they make the Rock 102. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the king of snow. Get an errands at Rockies. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, when Urban Meyer, the former head coach of the disgraceful Jacksonville Jaguars, was accused of kicking his place kicker in the shins, he was fired from his job. Of course, kicking a player was hardly the worst thing that Urban Meyer was accused of, but it certainly didn't help. And as a result, it became the last straw in a giant pile of larger straws, and he was shown the door. You see, according to the NFL, you're not supposed to hit your players as a head coach. You can beat the living bejesus out of each other when you play in the game because that's the very nature of professional football. But lay a hand on one of your players and the NFL will hit you back even harder with a big fat fine. Yesterday, the NFL fined Tampa head coach Bruce Arians $50,000 for slapping safety Andrew Adams over the head during Sunday's wild card game against the Philadelphia Eagles. As many of you may have seen, Bruce Arians was seen slapping Adams over the head, trying to get him to back away from pulling another player out of a pile. Had he been successful at pulling that player out of the pile, he could have been assessed a penalty. Knowing this could have happened, Aarons uh, bobbled to Adams and smacked him upside the head. And as it turns out, Adams was not slapped with a penalty. He was slapped by his head coach, the result of which led to Bruce Arians being slapped with a $50,000 fine. Now, Bruce Arians will appeal the fine, of course, but I think we've learned something here. Slapping a dude, no matter what the situation might be, is widely frowned upon by the NFL. Slapping, kicking, pushing, shoving, that's simply not good coaching. Even when you're trying to protect your field position during an important playoff game or trying to motivate your kicker on a team that finishes the season up with a 3-14 record. There are certainly better ways of expressing yourself to your players. And faced with either a $50,000 fine or unemployment, I would quickly learn to keep my hands and feet to myself. The very hands that would have to write a $50,000 check and the very feet that would have to walk into an unemployment office to fill out all that paperwork. But hey, another my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. A six-piece Milwaukee screwdriver set, 20 bucks. A two-piece Milwaukee torque lock plier set, 20 bucks. It's the Milwaukee 20-buck tool sale. Really good deals on Milwaukee hand tools right now at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 710 Motley Crew. The backs and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. We might have some <clears throat> snow and some rain this morning, making the roadways a little slippery for your commute until uh, 10 or 11 this morning, maybe an inch or two of snow building up here, a little more in Boston, Foxborough, and Eastern Mass. Uh, a little bit later on this hour, another uh, code word for code word Alexa, your chance to win an Amazon Echo Dot brought to you by the new Bud Light 80 calorie, new Bud Light Next, I should say, 80 calories, zero carbs, Coming out in February in Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. So today is National Disc Jockey Day. And, you know, we have to wrestle with uh, a lot of concerns as radio DJs. One of them concerns community standards. 
and I got a lesson in that yesterday. It was about this time on this show we talked about the dildo being thrown on the field in Buffalo during the Patriots-Bills game. Right. They've done it uh, four times, and uh, every time uh, the Bills face uh, face New England, somebody out there throws a, a sex toy, a rubber protuberance onto the field. And it causes a big stir. Yeah. Now, we were talking about yesterday because you did it in your view from the couch. And then we talked about it at length right about this time yesterday. Right. And, you know, I told the story about being in Boston with my buddy and uh, his college-aged son who noticed when the dildo was thrown out on the field during the Patriots-Bills game and shouted out loud, hey, that's a dildo. Smart kid, this kid from UMass Amherst. Well, I mean, he's, you know, he's a college-age student. Right. What is that, between like 18 and 22? Yeah. Well, those those right. kids know what a dildo is. Sure. So, they, they didn't grow up in a, in, in a bubble. So, they know. So I, I told that story, and we had uh, an extended amount of dildo talk yesterday. Oh, we were wall-to-wall dildos. Dildo, 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 here, everywhere you turn. Here on Rock 102. I was also a guest later yesterday morning on one of the other radio stations that our company owns, and I won't say which market, and I won't say where, but I guessed it on this What's show. What's it rhyme with? Sorry? What's it rhyme with? Uh, it rhymes with Gil, Gil, Gil Naki. <laughs> Gil Naki. Okay. Yes. uh, I'm on with them, and we're talking about the same incident. And they bring it up, and they say, hey, did you see about that sex toy being thrown on the field in Buffalo? And I went ahead and told the story about my buddy's son, Max, yelling out the word dildo when he saw it happen during the game. Right. And everybody laughed. We we had talked some more about it. We talked more about the sex toy and the dildo and this and that, whatever. We had a great time talking about it. Then they posted that segment on their website in their podcast area, similar to what you and John do with your show. And I noticed in listening back, a lot of fun, this and that, sex toy this, sex toy that. And when I said the word dildo, they bleeped it out with a sound effect. They bleeped out a dildo? On the podcast, which leads me to believe that when I was on with them live, and radio stations have what's called an eight-second delay. Right, right. They probably dumped it live on the air. So apparently their community standards are different than our community standards here. And this is something that we wrestle with as DJs on right. National Disc Jockey But Day. You, you do realize that the word um, you know, dildo is a technical term and uh, you know, not uh, necessarily a uh, one that uh, you know, uh, scratches prurient interest. I, I didn't think the word it's scientific. I didn't think the word dildo had any special significance, and I didn't think it would register for, say, a child who might be listening in with their parents to a rock station. I didn't think that would register any more of a concern than the phrase "sex toy." I would think that that might be even worse for a dad, a hey, mom. What's a sex toy? To see exactly. Whereas but, a dildo yeah. could be almost anything. It just sounds kind of stupid to well, me, right? Do you, you're uh, you're you're an old enough guy to remember the uh, John Wayne Bobbitt thing. Sure, remember that story many yeah, yeah. years ago. Yeah. Where his uh, he was a, a guy married to a woman. The woman uh, was uh, like up to here with his uh, philandering ways, mm-hmm. and then cut off his penis, and it became a national. Sure, uh, you know, uh, like people were outraged, but yet every no one could stop talking about uh, the penis forever. Great now, material for radio DJ. Oh, it was wonderful. It's mm-hmm. like it's like it wrote itself. For us, it's like, you know, is there any business that could benefit off this story? Radio could, and we did. But prior to that, uh, no one really felt comfortable by using the word penis. Now, there's 
loads of other euphemisms uh, for penis. Uh, I could share some with you right now, but I, I, I'm not going to go down that. That's something for Steve to do. But uh, penis was not necessarily a word that was used a lot. Even though it's just purely anatomical. It's just a penis. But back then, right. when it becomes a news story, right. there were certain journalists that would talk their way around it the p word <laughs> yeah they did like they did like they, they were like they they didn't want to have to say the word penis but it was like how do you talk about that story right and not mention it the ding you know, di- the ding dong i mean they, the they, pp they, you know they, they could have said you know they you know they cut off an extremity mm-hmm. well that could have been a foot that could have sure. been a finger that mm-hmm. could have been a nose it could have been anything but it was a specific one it's like you you you, you you're spinning the wheel. You're landing on the same the same spot every time, and right. it's like they were forced into saying penis. And there there are certain local journalists, from what I understand, that just you know staunchly refuse to say it. They would not let penis pass their lips. Right. They would not do it because they felt that somehow it diminished this grand. Uh, you, you, your vocation that uh, we have all taken up. But I say that's the day when radio really began. Well, that's, that sure. is the day right there. His sacrifice, or the lack thereof. <laughs> I mean, he, wasn't, he didn't really sacrifice it. I mean, he, he kind of deserved it, I suppose. But, you know, his mistakes in life changed this business forever. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, I, I said the word um, vagina on that same radio station a couple of weeks ago because I was joking about Vic Fangio being let go as head coach of the Denver Broncos. I said, I said hey, Vic Fangio's name is an anagram for vagina cough, which it is. And we all laughed about that, and that passed muster. And that did it? That was okay. But the moment you say dildo, that's a problem? Right. And so, you know, you got George Carlin, of course, and his, you know, his seven, what is it called? The seven... Seven dirty words. Seven dirty words. The seven seven words you can't say on television. Cannot say on television. And I, you know, I I get those, I guess. And I once used the F word on the air during a live radio show in Albany years ago. Accidentally. Accidentally. Yeah, we've done that too. Yeah. You know, I was, I think I was talking about a, 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 a play in the Monday night game the night before. And I said, hey, Flipper Anderson ran right out of the effing stadium. Only I didn't say effing. I said the full thing. Yeah, but in our normal conversation, right? You know what people don't realize is, I mean, you know, we 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 class up the conversation here because you know that's it's our job. Sure. But once we get off the air, we're letting the expletives fly. Oh yeah, and we're just we you know years ago we had a swear jar mm-hmm. here in the studio because something leaked out and you know, you know someone didn't hit the the button fast enough and that person may or may not have been me i don't i don't want to take full responsibility mm-hmm. for it but nevertheless someone put a swear jar in the studio mm-hmm. so like every time a swear happens in the in this room right. you put a quarter into the jar okay well you know in, in theory it's a it's a great way to curb profanity mm-hmm. in the studio but what you don't understand is that uh, radio personalities such as us <laughs> We'll be damned if we part with a quarter, no matter how filthy we may get. And we use the word personality a little bit loosely, loosely by the way. But, but that jar was sitting in here for almost three years and mm-hmm. only had 75 cents in it. <laughs> so is it because we weren't swearing in the studio? Oh, no. It had nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. It's just that we were too cheap to part with a quarter every time we did it. Otherwise, 
I, I would have to drain my bank account based on the kind of vocabulary right. I have in my everyday conversation. Well, and a, a well-placed curse word is a is let's face it, it's the perfect word sometimes. And, and you know, I think it can be overused. I think profanity can be overused to sure. the point where it no longer has any value. So I think there's something in what you're saying there about curbing and curtailing the use of profanity for moments when you really need to make an impact in today's society you have you know used to be on television you couldn't uh, you couldn't do certain kind of material Mm -hmm. there were certain words you couldn't say and then all of a sudden you get cable television Mm -hmm. all of a sudden right you could hear all that stuff and you could see a set of boobs on mm-hmm. TV, maybe even a, a penis. Like now you're seeing penises everywhere mm-hmm. on the, on the streaming services. And then now that you have the streaming services and you know there's there's plenty of that material uh, to go around too. Plus you have the internet which is loaded with some of the most disgusting and fantastic stuff in the world. Sure. So really, what are we running away from when we are refusing to air the word dildo on the radio? What at this point yep. in 2022? What are we so afraid of? And for a little education here for the kids, the term dildo coined in 1400 A.D. Originated from the Latin for dilatere, which means open wide. So there you go. So we have been dealing with these implements since Columbus. Right. Think about that. Probably came to this country with a shipload of uh, dildos, and then uh, you know discovered America. Probably passed them out to the natives, and there you go. So he spread syphilis, alcoholism, and dildos to uh, to the na- the people uh, to the indigenous peoples of this hemisphere. But we always have to be careful as radio disc jockeys here on National Radio Disc Jockey Day. We have to be careful about what we say and how we say it. Years ago, there was a great player in the NHL, a goaltender named Ron Tugnut. And I used to love talking about Ron Tugnut. Why all wouldn't the time. you? Because that's his name. Right. But I got in trouble for overusing that sometimes. You, you remember the, the race car driver Dick Trickle? Yes. Of course. Yes. How do you not how do you not uh, make fun of that? Right. How do you how do you avoid that? You're a human being. You if Dick Trickle does something amazing, you're just gonna say, Well, that one guy named Mr. Trickle, Mm -hmm. you're not going to do, you're going to say the whole name, you're going to say it with pleasure. The guy's name, it rhymes with nickel, and his first name rhymes with snick. Exactly. Him, that guy. Or there's a a hockey player named Pekka one time, right? Pekka Markkanen was on the the ice. Yeah. He was uh, the biggest, uh, (laughs) I gotcha. You know, I had a lot of jokes back in the 90s I'm going to keep to myself, but uh, nevertheless, he was very popular he, on, he, on my he, show for I'm a sure while. he was the biggest Pekka oh, yeah. when you compare him to Mike Pekka, yeah, you who once played for the Buffalo Sabres and wasn't as big as your right, other Pekka. Right. I mean, you, you, you can't miss him. He's the only one on the ice with a turtleneck. There you go. <laughs> it's 722 with Bax and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. Finding great candidates. 729 with Bax and Dave Coombs and Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. Uh, call now and you'll receive 40% off installation. Plus, if you mention Rock 102, you get a free shower fixture upgrade valued at $500. Yankeehome.com. Filling in for Steve Nagel this week is Dave Coombs. So it must have been like Groundhog Day yesterday because President Biden emerged from his hole. I don't know if you saw a shadow or not, but he gave a, a big talk yesterday. And we got six more weeks yeah. of uh, winter. He chimed in on a bunch of issues, including that. He said he thinks that Russia will invade the Ukraine, and he warned... Vladimir Putin of consequences. He said that if the consequences happen, his country will 
pay a dear price in lives lost yes. and possibly being out of the global banking system. So a few Ooh. threats from the president of the United States aimed at Russia. I'm sure Putin's so scared. Spe you invade Ukraine. You may be forced to receive a very stern written letter. Take that! Speaking during a marathon news conference yesterday, President Biden also said a, quote, minor incursion, which he later clarified to mean a non-military action, such as a cyber attack, would draw a lesser response that would be a similar reciprocal one. Biden referred to our NATO allies, saying it's very important that we keep everyone in NATO on the same page. Okay. Everybody feeling good about that? We all feel like we're, uh, we're all together? Yeah. Biden also addressed other issues during his massive news conference yesterday, including the pandemic and inflation, which he promised to take further action to tackle, by the way. Voting rights, nuclear talks with Iran, trade with China and his Build Back Better legislation, which has stalled in the Senate. Yeah, you know, I don't want to get real political here, but um, you know, to me, uh, I am very concerned about these supply chain problems. You go to a grocery yep. store right now, and like, you know, like whole segments yes. of the store yes. are cleared out, like yes. things you really need. Coffee creamer for me, the stuff that I really like is uh, hard to find. How's a guy like you supposed to be drinking black coffee every day? I can't. I can't do it. You can't do that. Nor could I Nor could I do my job properly. Why would you want to do that? Exactly right. You know, the other day I was uh, at a store not too long ago, probably a couple weeks ago, I was looking for canned tomatoes. Couldn't find the canned tomatoes in the, in the canned tomato section of the canned tomato aisle. Yes. And the canned tomatoes they had left were not the canned tomatoes I needed. I needed a specific kind, not brand, a specific kind of canned tomatoes. Well, they were nowhere to be seen. Oh. And where is this? Where are all these tomatoes? Are they sitting on a ship somewhere in the middle of the ocean waiting to come, but they can't because all of a sudden we've got supply chain issues and we don't know what to do with all this stuff that's rotting on the shelves? No, we don't know anything on how to uh, resolve this stuff. And it's not just tomatoes. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? It's any number of different items. I'm hungry for all those things. Yeah, you know what? The, one of the bigger problems, too, is, well, uh, supply chain has become a very popular college major these days and so there are probably lots of young men and women out there going, what the hell was i thinking majoring in supply chain for well, there's probably more life. jobs in supply chain things than there are in say like <laughs> sociology or you know <laughs> philosophy yes. you know like I don't know, a whole lot of philosophers working at fortune 500 companies i can tell you that <laughs> no no kids coming out with a philosophy degree open up a nice little philosophy shop in the mall None yeah, of that going no, on? no no one's doing that yeah uh, Starbucks is no longer requiring its U.S. workers to be vaccinated against COVID-19, reversing a policy it announced earlier this month. In a memo Starbucks sent out to employees earlier this week, the Seattle coffee giant said it was responding to last week's ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court in a 6-3 to three vote. The court rejected the Biden administration's plan to require vaccines or regular COVID testing at companies with 100 or more employees. They're now using some of their aerosol breath sprays to uh, as an ingredient in some of their drinks. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yes, I would like a I would like a uh, macchiato with some uh, aerosol breath. 
I don't uh, I don't care for the Starbucks product. We talked about coffee before. It's it's a little too strong for me. Really? Yeah. I'm a, I, I, I guess a, if I not I'm, enough uh, non dairy creamer for you. <laughs> definitely not enough. And I'm a I'm a Dunkin' guy if I'm going to use national brands, but I do like drinking local coffee sometimes too. So, uh, we talked about the supply chain. Another concern: airline flights. A lot have been canceled recently because of COVID nineteen, staffing mm-hmm. issues, weather problems. Now because of 5G. Did you hear about this? Uh, I did hear about this. Some I'm not fl- sure I really understand it, though. I, I was hoping you could because I don't either. Due to the high the 5G high-speed wireless service rollout, AT&T and Verizon scaling back the rollout due to concerns by airlines that the rollout of the 5G could interfere with altimeters on planes, which measure their altitude and help pilots land planes in inclement weather now i'm a bad flyer to begin with if you're flying in the middle of a storm and you're not able to use your altimeter because of some 5g service to land the plane properly i'm worried about well, that well I, I i i guess for me i'm not a nervous flyer at all I'm, i usually just you know fall asleep but um do they have any proof that it affects altimeters or any other you know, mechanism or machinery on the on the plane. I think it's pretty clear cut that it does compromise the uh, usage of the altimeter. Uh, airlines rely mostly on Airbus jets. Seem to be less affected by the new five G. Airlines had canceled more than three hundred and twenty flights by yesterday evening, according to Flight Aware, mm. because of the rollout of the five G with AT and T and Verizon and others. See, I'm not a pilot, and I'm not a. Uh, you know, I, I I've never really operated any any piece of machinery like a plane. I'm, I'm not even a, an air traffic controller, so I wouldn't know. But you know, the idea that my cell phone mm-hmm. may have a negative effect on your ability to fly the plane doesn't right. make a lot of sense to me. Well, you know, I do have a friend of mine who is a long term like he's been flying. He's been a pilot for a major airline for like forty years. I could have him on the show tomorrow if we like. He maybe could answer a lot of these questions for us. Oh, as maybe a special I, guest, if you like. I just don't understand. I just don't really understand it. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's just like a, you know, like me playing Candy Crush is going to you know drive this plane into a mountain. I don't think so. Well, again, we can have my buddy Bill Barrett, longtime pilot, tomorrow on the show, and he could talk about a lot of this stuff and assuage a lot of fears that guys like me have when we hear stories like this. We don't do enough assuaging on this show. Okay, maybe it might be worth it. All right, I like a good assuaging. And we move from 5G to medical news. A simple eye test, apparently, may provide doctors with a clue as to how long we've got left to live. An international team has discovered a link between the biological age of a, per- of a person's retinas and their risk of death. Well, I don't mean to break it to uh, the medical community, but I'm pretty sure there's a 100% chance we're all going to die at some point. Yes, but I guess the question is, would you want this simple eye test, and would you care? Would you would you be bothered by the news that, oh, I'm sorry to look into your retinas there, yeah. Mr. Baxendale, but you've got about a week and a half to live? Well, my preference would be uh, to have it all sneak up on me, you know, and not right. really know too far in advance. You know, just kind of like, okay, well, now is time. Okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't really know if I want, like, you know, week's notice. Or months notice. So you're not down with this. The membrane at the back of the eye contains light-sensitive cells that begin deteriorating during middle age. Now, this study of about 50,000 adults found that people whose retinas were older than their actual age, 
Those people more likely to die over the next decade. No, let's hope not. So this research being conducted overseas right now, perhaps it'll be adopted by doctors here in the U.S. Who knows? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I, like, I'm not sure. I really want to know. Police in Milford searching for a woman who said scratched a Burger King employee, then threw hot sauce packets at them and broke through a drive-through window, all because she was upset about her meal and she demanded a refund. Again, Burger King, Milford. What was wrong with the meal? Doesn't say. The department on Monday released a photo of the woman taken through the drive-thru window, and it is clear as day. So it's not going to be very long till somebody blows this woman in and they find this woman who created the disturbance at the Burger King in Milford. I know. I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, they must have really screwed up the meal. I, I mean, guess. To, to have prompted all of that anger and aggression. Mm. I mean, if I go through a Burger King I you know, and... It's not exactly what I expected. Right. I don't really know how high my expectations were going into the drive-thru. You're not, throwing, you're not throwing hot hot sauce packets because of your anger then, huh? Well, no. I mean, okay. it's, I mean, I mean, how badly did they butcher the uh, the order? I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, listen, it would have to be something substantial for me to climb out of my car window and then try to squeeze my way into the drive-thru window right? to make a point when I could very easily go through the front door and say, hey, listen, this order is is incomplete well, or inadequate. You know, when it comes to that, uh, one person's acceptability would be egregiousness to another person, just like the word dildo is right. acceptable here on this station and not on other stations in our chain. You know, the truth is, Dave, mm -hmm. if I were to jump through a, a drive through window, mm -hmm. I would have to be pulled out with a nautical winch or the jaws of life to get myself out of it. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if you are aware of this, but I have had a slight weight problem for much of my adult life. So to get in and out of a drive through window is a lot more complex than it seems on the surface. Sounds like a challenge to me. It's not really a challenge. Worthy just, of a TikTok video. It, it's not going to be a TikTok video. It just, it, it's just stating a fact. I can, I, you could, I, listen, you could uh, hand me a, a very large bag mm -hmm. of Whoppers. That fits through the window quite easily. Uh, a guy my size fitting through that window is a very, very tight squeeze. Well, if you want to check out the photo of this woman taken at the drive-thru at the Milford Burger King, it's available at MassLive.com. Maybe you can help solve this crime for the cops. It's I think it's pretty pretty solvable. Also from our crime blotter in Monroe, Louisiana, about 100 miles from Shreveport, apparently a cop driving there earlier this week when a guy coming from the other direction failed to turn off his high beams. Okay. Now, I hate that, by the way. That's one of my biggest pet peeves when I'm driving. Really? Is people coming the other way with their high beams on. It's very distracting, and I'm always, like, flashing my lights at them to get them to stop and, you know... Figure that out. Turn the high beams off. Well, the cop was blinded for a moment because of this, so he turned around and went and tried to pull the guy over, 37-year-old Alan Seabury. Alan Seabury didn't stop. Okay. He turned the whole thing into a high-speed chase down there in Louisiana. He went through a 25-mile-per-hour zone doing 60 at one point and then rolled through six stop signs in a row. Cops still trying to track him down because of the high beam problem. Alan Seabury finally stopped his car when he got to his own house. 
Well, pulled okay. into the driveway, stepped out of the car, and was holding a half-eaten hamburger. The cop is like, why didn't you pull over? You see me trying to pull you over. He goes, I just purchased this burger, and I wanted to finish it. Not pull it over till I finish my burger. You know, it's very hard to argue with with uh, with that kind of logic. It does sound it's, like pretty lo- pretty good logic to me. I don't know. I I don't think I've ever been pulled over while I'm eating food. I wonder if it, if a cop would wait or you know say, "Would you like a fry?" Well, you know, would you want to share? Again, the food was just you know an aside to this whole thing. I mean, he didn't really nobody realized there was food involved. It was right. just a high beam problem and then a high speed chase. Speaking of food, I don't even know why I'm bringing this up because this guy, this was like last hour's discussion. Um, some guy heard us talking about the fluff and utter. Yes. Right? And I told you that I love the fluff and utter. Uh, one of the biggest food trends for 2022, according to Kroger, the grocer yeah. from uh, the Midwest. People around the country are finally discovering what a wonderful sandwich the uh, the thing is. And mm-hmm. you said you didn't like it. And that's, you know, that's, <laughs> I can't relate to that kind of poppycock. But. <laughs> Some guy just uh, instant messaged me. And Can you said, say poppycock on the radio? I just did. Okay. And uh, some guy just wrote a message to me and said, what we used to do is uh, we would make the, the fluff and utter sandwich, and on the uh, the dry side of the bread, mm-hmm. the outer side oh, of the bread on the outer side, side. Yeah. They, would, uh, they would smear it with butter and then grill it like oh. a grilled cheese sandwich. Okay. So then, all of a sudden, you've got yourself a grilled fluff and utter sandwich. Mm-hmm. I read that, and I'm not ashamed to say this. I was completely aroused by that conversation. <laughs> right. I'm not ashamed to say this so at I know, all. We now know what you're having for lunch today, I guess. Well, I, I, I got plenty of peanut butter in the house, but I don't have any marshmallow fluff. I need to get the fluff. I need to get the, a, a, some more bread. And then I might consider grilled fluff and honor. Well, Sounds unbelievable. Well, good luck getting the ingredients with the supply chain issues, by the way. I'm sure I can get a loaf of bread. No, but the fluff could be tough. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind uh, going to a few places to find it. Totally worth it. According to a new survey by Sleep Junkie, eighty-four percent of people with a purple bedroom reported they typically slept better in purple. Yes. Aren't your eyes closed when I, you sleep? I, I guess. <laughs> That's I mean, a good my point. eyes are ninety nine percent of the time. My eyes are completely shut while I sleep. But as you're getting ready for sleep, maybe you're reading something, you're watching some TV, you're aware at least peripherally of the purple bedroom, and yeah. that helps apparently calm you down. Yeah, I don't see it. I it, mean, again, you know, when I'm getting ready to uh, to sleep, one of the uh, the number one things I do are is I close my eyes. Good tip. Yeah, when I was a kid, I had like wallpaper. Mm-hmm. That was really loud and obnoxious. Right. My parents thought it'd be really cool to have like a you know your, their teenage son have this wicked cool wallpaper. It looked like um uh like like a like a racing flag, like a checkered racing flag. So you're spending a lot of the night maybe staring at that instead of trying no, to get to sleep I, or not? Because people would say, "Oh, how do you even sleep in this room?" I say, "Well, one, the lights are off, and two, I'm closing my eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't even see it at night." <laughs> well, plus, but as I a had kid. like all like like you know, three of the four walls mm-hmm. were this like you know kind of like this psychedelic uh, wallpaper mm-hmm. it's very cool and then like a one wall like a, like an accent wallpaper wall had like a like street signs all over it it's very cool room but wow. it, but people like say oh i could never sleep in here i was like really okay well do you close your eyes do you turn the lights off because that's what i do and it's not like the walls are buzzing when you do that i had giant posters of uh, merlin olsen and deacon jones 
Ooh, on my good. wall. So staring into the eyes of those guys mesmerized me and put me to the, sleep the, as a like kid. like the football part of Merlin Olsen's career yes. or the FTD florist uh, part of his career? Father Murphy, a giant picture oh, of Father Murphy up there. He so, had many stages of his career. He did. Uh, by the way, those people responding to this survey said if you can't handle the color purple for your bedroom, try blue. That finished second with 76% of respondents saying they got good sleep in blue rooms. On the flip side, don't paint your bedroom green. Green. That doesn't produce good sleep. Okay. And you also might want to avoid yellow, brown, and beige, according to the survey from Sleep Junkie. Our walls are gray, which is very trendy. Really? And I find uh, that room, I can fall asleep in that room with no problem. Okay. Well, you're, you're disproving with, this theory. You ought to get together with the folks from Sleep Junkie. Even with the uh, the TV on, <laughs> with my wife watching TikTok videos. With your dog snoring with, and farting. With the dog snoring and farting and with the big oscillating fan blowing on all, all, both of us. I still find a way to fall asleep. All right. Congrats. Highs in the upper 30s for today. Your commute could be a little slippery this morning. A band of light rain and snow blowing through us right now, subsiding by 10 or 11 this morning. An inch or two of snow buildup is possible a little bit more in Boston, Foxborough, and portions of Eastern Mass. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel, and that's news to me on Rock 102. If you're not getting proven quality sleep, you're not doing your body any... Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 753 and Led Zeppelin with Bax and Dave Coombs on Laser 99.3 from Rock 102. A little bit of a slippery commute this morning, perhaps until about 10 or 11 this morning with a band of light rain and snow and maybe an inch or two, depending on where you are. Highs in the upper 30s for today. Hot desking is the latest trend when it comes to businesses. Hot desking. What is that? that Like the hot bench? Reading about it for the first time right now on Twitter. Apparently, it's the practice of an employee having to book a desk for their workday each time they go to the office. And it saves the company money where they only have to have a certain number of desks and it's the hot desk system where if you sign up ahead of time, you can request a certain desk in the office as an employee. It sounds to me sort of like um, musical chairs, but at the office. And it's saving companies money. Yeah. Hot I, hot desking. Not sure it would save us any money. I mean, I, I've got my desk and you know, you've got your office. And, right. And uh, I, I, I like where I'm at. I don't want to move. I don't want to go from like one place to another. Well, their reasoning here is why have 100 desks for 100 employees when many of them come in fewer than three times a week, especially during the pandemic? So fewer desks and make the employees sign up for the premium desks. Let's say you bought a bunch of desks five years ago. How often are you replacing desks? Right. Once they're bought and the next year goes goes around you know it's like it's it's done yeah the the desks upstairs in our offices that you mentioned they've probably been here since 1987 for christ's sake probably you know yeah right they last a long time i don't remember the last time we uh, spent any money on desks i I barely spent any money on on uh, heating and cooling here half the time Hey, congratulations to uh, Richard Fedora of Westfield. He won himself a new Amazon Echo Dot just by listening to Rock 102. We're giving out a different code word every weekday at 7.50. And uh, what you do is you listen for the code word, and then you go to rock102.com before noon every day, and then enter that code word for your chance to win. It's so simple. Any moron can do it, uh, including a guy like Richard Fedora, who I have never met. So I'm not passing any judgment. But he's got an uh, an Echo Dot, and many of you do not. 
Uh, we'll choose a winner every weekday afternoon. It's code word Alexa, your chance to win a new Amazon Echo Dot. Brought to you by the new Bud Light Next. 80 calories, zero carbs, coming in February in Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Today's code word, Dave, is the word dot. Okay. Dot. That's the code word. You have until noon to enter that on rock102.com. Good luck to you. All right. Coming up in just a few minutes in the sports, one NFL coach fined $50,000 for something pretty stupid. We'll talk about that. We'll give you the odds on the upcoming NFL playoff games for this weekend and a big night for one NBA player last night. Not a Celtic, unfortunately. And we got uh, Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds coming up in just a few minutes. It's 7.56 with Bax and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. Live in concert. Saturday nights at 9 on Rock 102. Complete concerts from Rock and Rock Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8-10, and the Scorpions on Rock 102. Highs in the upper 30s today. A bit of a slippery commute, maybe, until about 10 or 11 this morning. A band of light rain and snow headed our way. Maybe a little buildup, maybe an inch or two here. Perhaps a little more in eastern mass. Places like Boston and Foxborough might get up to three inches of the white stuff. So the Scorps there, uh, are they the only German band in classic rock and roll history? I mean... Um, think about no, that. I mean, that's the... unusual, I think. No, they're not the only Germans out there. I mean, uh, well, who? Well, I Is mean, it, uh, okay. Rammstein? Or... Okay. Uh, I believe Except was German. Remember Balls to the Wall? That was a <laughs> no. that was a pretty good classic right there. Um, have, have you talked to them on your podcast, by the way? No, or? I haven't. Balls but to if, the Wall. Put it on the list. Udo Dirkschneider were available. I would talk to him. Uh, the guys from Kraftwerk, they were German. Oh, Kraftwerk. I they, remember Kraftwerk. Right. Uh, I believe uh, Klaus Nomi was German. Don't know him. You don't remember Klaus Nomi? Nomi? Really? Nope. Know oh, him? Oh, man. Don't, that, no. That dude could sing really uh, oh yeah oh absolutely engelbert humperdinck not german okay not it, it sounds german but i i he's not i don't even know what uh what his background is but for nevertheless not german yeah no germans uh germans rock house they rock out hmm big time well the scorpions certainly do oh hell yeah um years ago we were doing a, a radio promotion with the scorpions yeah and uh we set up this this meal they were they were playing it in town uh not this town another town mm-hmm. and uh, we thought it'd be great to uh to schedule a big dinner with a bunch of listeners with the scorpions at a german restaurant and there was a place uh it was it was almost like a like a german beer hall with mm-hmm. like a real long tables yep. and you know the, the women holding you know steins and and you know with their you know their bosoms hanging out sure. like you know real kind of like you know Munich Germany type mm-hmm. of you know like beer garden type of things. Yep. Well, the 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 band was going to arrive at a certain time, and we had all of our listeners sitting at the table with their beers, waiting for the Scorpions to arrive. Little Klaus Miner, who is like literally like five foot two, yeah. like does the tiniest guy you've ever seen, uh, arrives. Yeah, and the band slowly, you know, you know, co- comes into the uh, into the dining hall. But Klaus decides uh, that the uh, the fastest way between two points is a straight line. He starts climbing on tables and jumping from table to wow. table to get to where, mm. you know, where we're at. because we get like you know little signs and you know, where we're at, and there are other people eating, and he's like jumping on the tables mm-hmm. to get where we're at. That guy was hilarious. They were the, the scorpions were so. Damn much fun. 
Well, as long as we're telling stories on National Disc Jockey Day here about rock and roll bands and meeting famous people, hung out with the guys from Blue Oyster Cult one time, uh, right before a show in Syracuse, New York, and yeah. they had a tiny guy as well, Buck Dharma. Buck Dharma, yeah. Have you ever met him? He's he's like 5'2". I don't know if he's taller or shorter than Klaus Meine. I think they're probably about the same size. Uh, but Buck Dharma, nice guy. The other guy in the band, Eric Bloom, he's yes. like the lead guitarist, a little bit strange. He wouldn't do an interview with us, and... Right before we introduced the band, he was backstage literally hugging his guitar and talking to it like it was a teddy bear. Really? And I guess the other guys in the band, yeah, he does that when he's getting ready. He needs a little one-on-one time with his guitar. Is it maybe time for a 12-step program or some level of intervention? I think. Uh, The worst story I ever had regarding a rock star was with Stephen Stills. So years ago at the uh, Syracuse... Uh, State Fair. That's where the State Fair is held every year in Syracuse for all of New York State. So a lot of big acts come through and play the grandstand at the uh, New York State Fair in Syracuse. So it's Stephen Stills, and we're a classic rock station. We're promoting his appearance that night. He's doing a solo gig somewhere at the fair. And he agreed to stop by our broadcast location and do a little interview. Well, he's late. And when he finally arrives, he's driving his own golf cart weaving in and out. Obviously, he's like a glassy-eyed guy's just wasted. Right. And there was a long line of fans waiting for his arrival there. Many of his biggest fans of all time. One woman had was clutching, literally clutching like two or three of his albums, and she was going to get Stephen Stills to autograph one of these albums. Yeah, and she I see was where this is going. Talking about it, and talk, she's near tears. Oh my god, I'm going to meet Stephen Stills. You guys are the best. Whatever. So. He finally gets there. He starts doing the interview. He's obviously drunk and disorderly and not answering the questions, not being a very good guest. And this woman finally gets up for her turn at line to meet Stephen Stills. And she explains who she is and she's a big fan and she puts down the uh, albums from Design and she gives him a single rose. Steven, you're my favorite artist of all time. He grabs the rose and he picks the petals off one by one and tosses them back at her and throws the empty rose at her. What a jackass. Steven Stills. Really? Crosby Stills, Nash and Young, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man. You know what? I I just don't understand that kind Mm -hmm. of behavior at all. But, you know... Uh, it happens. Yeah. It, it happens. You know when you when you you, you what you, you never want to meet your heroes, right? They uh, they tell you that because yeah. sometimes it can uh, turn out to be disastrous. Well, Stephen Stills had had some issues with substance abuse. And yeah. like, although, although just about every rock artist has. I mean, what the hell? Uh, here's a here's a story that I've told uh, a couple of times that I don't mind sharing it with you because I don't think I've ever told you. So. Uh, uh, if you're in the audience and you've heard this story before, just you know, just uh, bear with me. It's here. National Disc Jockey Day. Go ahead. Many years ago, uh, I had the chance to meet Lita Ford. Okay, remember Lita Ford sure, on sure. the Runaways and uh, had a couple of hits in the uh, the '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kiss Me Deadly, and you know, did that duet with Ozzy Osbourne. Yep. Well, years ago, there was a music festival in Milwaukee that I was at, and and me and my partner were going to interview. Lita Ford. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, let's give you a little background. At the time, Lita Ford was married to Chris Holmes. Chris Holmes 
was a member of the band Wasp. Remember Wasp? I remember Blackie, the name. Blackie Lawless and Wasp. Didn't have any of their uh, 8-tracks. Did you ever, ever see the movie uh, Decline of Western Civilization? I'm the, familiar the metal, with it, yes. The Metal Years? Yes. All right, so Chris Holmes is the guy who is, uh, is floating on a, on, a, on a flotation device in a pool mm-hmm. with his mom watching on the side of the pool. Right. And Chris Holmes, this is like the, the, like the most famous scene of the movie. Chris is talking about the band and music while he's guzzling down a bottle of vodka. Like, not just drinking a little bit, like literally guzzling it down. Mm-hmm. Chris Holmes had a long history of, of letting alcohol consume him okay. as much as he was consuming it gotcha so anyway it's a famous scene in the movie he's married at the time to lita ford mm-hmm. they were in town uh together wasp was not playing but her band was and the night before uh my my partner my, my morning show partner the program director who i told you about the earlier with the uh, the testament album mm-hmm. uh him and a couple other people uh went out on the town with the two of them now, for whatever reason, uh, Chris Holmes' reputation of guzzling down booze uh, by the gallon flowed um, continued that night. And in fact, at some point during the evening, he was arrested by police and placed in protective custody so that he wouldn't kill anybody uh, with his drunken behavior. boy. And uh, it was my morning show partner and the same program director that bailed Chris Holmes out of jail that night. Nice. It w- yeah, it was very nice of the radio station to do. I don't know if they ever got reimbursed. I don't know if they had to go into petty cash. But Chris Holmes of Wasp was bailed out that night. The following day in the afternoon, we have a scheduled interview at this rock festival, this mm-hmm. music festival, with Lita Ford. Now, my partner Dan has known Lita Lita Ford for quite a long time, mm-hmm. uh, from as far back as th- when she was in the Runaways with Joan Jett. Right. Years. They've known each other. I didn't realize they knew each other. So I, as his morning show uh, partner, decided to take uh, you know a, a different approach with this interview. And during the interview, I asked Lita Ford if I could take her uh, out for a few frames of bowling. Now wow. I think bowling hmm. is a lot of fun. You yeah. like bowling? I can't. I'm horrible at it, but yeah, it's fun. I like bowling. Yeah. What's the What's wrong with bowling? Right? Bowling is fun. Sure. You rent the shoes. You roll your balls. You mm-hmm. You score your your game, and mm-hmm. then uh, at the end of it, you go home and, and you say, "Man, I'm really happy we went bowling." And one of the sport, one of the only sports you can play and enjoy while drinking large quantities of booze, if you want to do that. Lita turned me down oh. she said no i don't want to go bowling and i i, you know, I was not going to take no for an answer what an opportunity to take you know, lita ford out bowling i'm sure she'd look great in the shoes i'm sure she probably you know, it was a good bowler but i just happened to catch her in a really really mm. bad day yeah so when i offered to pay for the shoes and pay for the frames of bowling she continued to say no again I wasn't dissatisfied with that answer, so I asked again and made the offer. I'd buy drinks. I'd buy I'd buy food at the concession stand. I'd get her a free T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I'd bring all kinds of things. And she says on the air, live, to my partner, who is this a-hole? Oh. And that was wow. that was a moment for me where mm-hmm. a, a, a rock star who had hits, who had hits at the time, called me an a-hole live on the air. Now- couple years later we're here and lita ford is gonna play in holyoke okay 
at this bar in Holy. It was at the waterfront, mm-hmm. and uh, it was asked, "Would you guys have any interest in interviewing?" Sure, Lita Ford. Okay, uh huh. So, <laughs> you know, well, well, listen, I, uh, I, uh, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm the kind of guy who's willing to forgive, but I never ever forget. Gotcha. And when she called me back in the '90s, an a-hole mm-hmm. on live radio. Mm-hmm. My response to whether we want to interview her back in 2018 was a big, fat no. Not just no, but a hell no. You showed her. I offered you a fun evening of bowling and recreational activity. And what did she say? Who is this a-hole? Now, I ask you. Is there something satisfying about being able to say yep. to someone who called you an a-hole, yeah, take that, Lita Ford. I hope you have a lousy time in Holyoke and don't do any bowling while, while you're here. <laughs> man, that's a true story. You got her good. Oh, man. did I, tol- I totally punked her that night. And totally. I don't, I don't mean to say that every rock star is a horrible person here on National Radio Disc Jockey Day because I've had some good experiences. Uh, Bruce Hornsby. Great guy. Interviewed sure. him a couple of different times. And the guys from Little Feet. Dick, oh, yeah. Little Dixie Feet. Chicken. Yeah. Some of the happiest guys I've ever met because they are stoned 24-7. Did I you get Lowell George before he died? <laughs> no. Nah, it's no, too it was, bad. it was post-Lowell George. I'll tell you what. I've had a couple interviews on the podcast that mm-hmm. I'm really, really happy about because they actually wound up being very, very nice people. Mm-hmm. Frank Bellow from Anthrax yep. was a wicked cool guy. Yep. I could have I spent another hour or two talking to him. Uh, Adrian Ballou, uh, who played for Frank Zappa and David Bowie and the Talking Heads and King Crimson. That mm-hmm. guy was wicked cool, too, and I may get him back again. So, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes uh, you, you land a good one, and it winds up working out great. Yeah, and then uh, sometimes they call you an a-hole on the radio. Uh, my favorite guy from Little Feet, by the way, the keyboard player Billy Payne, who we used to call every day, every year on his birthday, and he would get on his piano and play himself happy birthday on his oh, piano nice. on his birthday. And I'd call the same number every year. One year I called the number, and a woman picked up the phone. Billy doesn't live here anymore. Here's, oh, <laughs> here's his number if you want to reach Probably him. Probably still played happy birthday to himself, though. Probably. And by the way, we were supposed to have Tommy Cross, the defenseman from the Springfield Thunderbirds, on right now. We're still searching for him somewhere in Charlotte where they're supposed to play the checkers today. Well, maybe maybe they're on the ice practicing maybe. already. Who knows? It's uh, eight, almost 824 with Bax and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. Are you looking for some good news? Hazen has it. Are you looking to join a team with a great future? Hazen has it in Holyoke. Are you looking for a job with great pay and benefits? Hazen has it. Are you looking for a career opportunity that you can feel good about? Hazen has it. Are you looking for a workplace where everyone knows your name? Hazen has it in Holyoke. Are you looking for a code you can live by? Hazen has it in Holyoke. Hazen's been hiring steadily since 2004 with the founding of its American Holographic Division. Hazen has a great plan for the future, and they're looking for employees who can grow with them. The sky is the limit at Hazen. Want to learn more about Hazen? Hazen.com has it. Want to see all the incredible opportunities that are available? Hazen.com has it. Customer service representatives, lab technicians, machine operator trainees, material handlers, and part-time apprentices. Hazen Paper. Become part of the Hazen family. Visit the careers page at hazenpaper.com to apply and see other career opportunities. That's hazen.com. 
with Banks and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. Hopefully your commute is going okay, despite the fact that there's a little band of light rain and snow in our area expected to subside by about 10 or 11 a.m. with maybe an inch or two of the white stuff here. A little bit more, maybe up to three inches in Boston, Foxborough, and portions of eastern Mass. Highs in the upper 30s for today. Just reading a story about uh, Stephen A. Smith from uh, from ESPN. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, you know, he was sick with COVID over uh, over New Year's. Yeah, I noticed that they welcomed him back with open arms recently uh, to the network and you know, had a big deal about his comeback. And, yeah. uh, and now I guess we know why. Well, he, he was uh, he was pretty jacked up, uh, according to to his take on the first take on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a 103 degree temperature uh, every single day that he was sick. Massive headaches, pneumonia in both lungs, had problems with his liver, coughing uh, profusely. He was uh, in the hospital uh, right before New Year's and uh, and past New Year's, uh, said that had he not been vaccinated, uh, he would not have recovered, that he that he would be dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, making a comeback, still not 100%, but... But uh, but but certainly you know good enough to get back to work even if it's at a, a slower pace and a slower schedule and you know trying to figure out how he can breathe because you know mm-hmm. when you have pneumonia I mean it's it's hard to speak it's hard to breathe it's hard to yell and that's those are the those are the hallmarks of Stephen A's in, entire career yeah so, he's kind of breathless at most times anyway using all those big words that he uses yeah but I mean it do, it does show you you know for all the people to say well you know he was vaccinated but still got it. It's about scale, I think. That it, you know, if if you are vaccinated, you are not you are not likely to die. Uh, it may keep you out of the hospital in most situations. Uh, you know, my wife and I, you know, I we both feel like we were very lucky. You know, had we not been yeah. vaccinated, how much sicker would we have gotten? Right. And we weren't doing all that great. I mean, we were we were pretty we were feeling terrible. And so the idea of of uh, being unvaccinated. And then having it worse, uh, trust me, it's it's not something you want to do. Hey, as an addition, here's an inspirational sports story. A Houston marathoner shattered the U.S. record for a marathon last weekend. She ran a marathon in 219.12. That was a 15-year U.S. record. Kira D'Amato wasn't even really a runner. She apparently had been a real estate agent and a mother of two and had quit distance running after college when she got back into it and set that record last week. And now she's aiming at the Olympics for 2024. That's pretty cool. Wow. Like in the Boston Marathon, you couldn't you couldn't drive 26 miles in two hours. Nope. <laughs> you couldn't do you could you, you could barely take the the T across parts of uh, Boston in less than two hours. Right. It's 829. We got news next to Rock 102. Yo. 8.32 with Bax and Dave Coombs and Rock 102. It's time for news, and here's Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. Thank you, Bax. It may come as early as this morning. The word from Massachusetts Attorney General Maura Healey that she's announcing her bid for governor. A close ally confirming that to Mass Live late yesterday afternoon that this announcement may be forthcoming this morning. There are two other declared Democratic gubernatorial candidates so far, State Senator Sonia Chang-Diaz and Harvard professor Danielle Allen. On the Republican side, there's an MIT lecturer, Shiva Ayadurai, who's also against the COVID-19 vaccines and running for mass governor on the Republican side, and former State Representative Jeff Deal 
also running on the Republican ticket as well for mm. governor of Massachusetts. Of course, uh, Governor Baker won't be back, so it's going to be somebody. Yeah, you know, he served his time. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, you, you, you can't blame him. The last, you know, two or three years uh, of, of his administration mm-hmm. is probably the toughest he's had to deal with. He's a very popular governor, you know, when he first started, and now, you know, with the with COVID, you know, people kind of trying to you know knock him down a bit, saying he didn't do enough or yeah you know, didn't do it well enough. And and you guys have had him as a guest on the show on occasion. You guys we have been kind of buddies with him. Yeah, yes? we've we've uh, we've gotten along great with him since the very beginning. Well, you might want to start reaching out to some of these others on this list here and start hey. formulating a friendship now. We'll see about that. Yesterday, we talked about the new mayor of Boston establishing that mandate where you got to wear masks indoors now in Boston and show proof of your vaccination with a card. Well, a manager at Regina Pizzeria in the north end of Boston was trying to conform with that because there was a customer in his shop not wearing a mask. So he politely asked that customer to wear a mask. In turn, that customer tried to cold cock him, punched him right in the face. See, I, we mentioned this before. I don't, I don't understand why you would do that. If this is really one of the best pizza restaurants in america according to trip advisor according to trip advisor the best pizza parlor in america back in 2018 and, and you punch the owner right there in the in the mouth mm-hmm. you can never go back there the yeah, ass- I mean, you've you've basically destroyed your chances of ever getting uh, a good service or a delicious pizza there ever again the assault occurred one day after Boston's new citywide indoor vaccine mandate was put into effect. So this guy, whoever he was, the customer just damn outraged about the whole thing. Taking it out on a poor pizza server. If you're going to punch somebody in the mouth, uh, you you know, really think good and hard who you are hitting. You know, what are they doing? You know, what, what, what is, what is their, uh, their, their lot in life? You know, would you, would you punch a guy uh, like, like right before, he uh, started to like do a tattoo on your arm. No, you wouldn't, would you? Right. Because he's going to screw up the tattoo probably purposely, and you've got there that that uh, on you permanently. A surgeon or a dentist right before a sticky operation. Yeah. Would right? you, if a, if a doctor, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if you if you punched your doctor, you're not gonna you're not gonna get good medical care if you're punching him. Yeah. And same thing with anyone owning a restaurant. I would never take a swing at a restaurant owner it's and good. expect to go back. It's good thinking. Sound. I'm, al- I'm always thinking about that. I mean, it's really it's really about, you know, consideration. Starbucks is no longer requiring U.S. workers to be vaccinated against COVID-19. That reverses a policy Starbucks announced earlier this month. In a memo sent out to employees earlier this week, the Seattle coffee giant said it was responding to last week's ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court. In that vote, a six to three vote, the court rejected the Biden administration's plan to require vaccines or regular COVID testing at companies with at least 100 employees. I mean, I understand that, you know, nobody wants the mandates, but, I, you know, I, I think, you know, some people would be satisfied to know that there's some uniformity between one place or another. You know, like some places will say, like right in the door, you know, masks are required, mm-hmm. but the place next door to it doesn't require you to do that yeah, there's and a lot like, of that going on it's like a, it's like a big guessing game well Should not in boston the, anymore you gotta you gotta comply well, in I'm, boston now i'm wearing them no matter what now yep. yeah no matter what i mean uh you know, if i go into a place and and uh you know there's gonna be people there i'm gonna put on the mask hey you know i, I think it's it, it's still up to the individual business and therefore up to the individual so i, I 
adjust my mask wearing depending. I walk into Frigo's for lunch. I walked in there the other day. Hey, do you have to have masks now? I'm not quite sure. Yes or no? And the guy's like, up to you. I'm like, okay. Oh, there you go. Okay. The New England-based grocer market basket. Apparently number three in a ranking of top grocery stores now. I'd never heard of a market basket before. I was asking about it earlier today. Apparently we don't have them here in Western Mass or in Northern Connecticut. But maybe Eastern Mass has market basket stores. And they've apparently leapfrogged Trader Joe's to capture the number three spot in a Mm. ranking of top grocery stores. Uh, Let's see. I think the closest one to us is uh, Oxford and Athol. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, the closest one here is like like uh, like 28 miles in Oxford. It's worth a tr- uh, road trip just to check it out and see what they got. It's Oxford yeah, and, and Athol. It's not really that worth it. They have, uh, by the way, continued their excellence with regard to price and operations and beaten out a few other popular grocery retailers like Wegmans. And Aldi and Costco, and now Trader Joe's. By the way, the top spot when it comes to grocers, Amazon. The really? tech giant Amazon is number one. Apparently, I guess uh, there, you know, like Amazon is that is like doing some brick and mortar locations, like the, like a, there's like a clothing store coming mm-hmm. from Amazon. It's like an actual store. It's not just all online. I don't know. There's a there's a part of me that, that you know, depending on what I buy. Uh, you know, I kind of like to feel it or try it on before I make the commitment. I get you know what I mean? I got you. I don't know. But as far as a market basket goes, I've uh, I've never been. Well, I've I'm going to s- go. I've seen them, but never been. I'm, go- I'm, I'm in for a good road trip to a great r- grocery store. Police in Milford searching for a woman who they say. <laughs> you really need to get out more. I don't. Well, it's like, you're like you want know, to pack a lunch for a road trip so you can go buy lunch. The pandemic has ruined me, Bax. Ruined I understand. me. And ruined a lot of people. Police in Milford searching for a woman who they say scratched a Burger King employee, then threw hot sauce packets and broke through a drive through window after becoming upset with her meal and demanding a refund. The police department in Milford releasing a photo of the woman taken through the drive through window. It's a pretty good pick, and so probably not going to be long till she's captured. You can find that picture at MassLive.com. Yeah, but you know what's interesting? So you you said that the picture's on, uh, on MassLive, and I looked at it this morning. Mm-hmm. She doesn't look that angry where she would climb through the drive through window. I mean, she looks not happy. I mean, obviously... Yeah. Yeah, she's decided to go to Burger King for a meal. I mean, uh, what kind of happiness were you really expecting? Oh, I like the Impossible Whopper. No, I I I don't think so. But uh, but but nevertheless, I mean, you would think that if someone was going to climb through the window, they'd have to be like you know steaming mad. That's a that's a very very you know active thing. You know, being that angry uh, burns off a lot of energy. And I just she just I, I. I'm just wondering if she was just, you know, just trying to do it for, uh, you know, like attention. It was just like attention seeking. Could have been. Uh, meantime, speaking of anger, a lot of it in Worcester recently. Earlier this week, police there talking about a couple of males sitting in a vehicle when shots were fired into the vehicle, injuring the men who were then involved in a crash and left the vehicle behind. And then a short time after that, another guy entered the car and stole 
the money that was inside the car left behind by the two victims. 36-year-old Danny Lloyd of Charlton arrested facing a charge of larceny of over $1,200. So lots of good stuff probably not occurring inside that automobile. I hate to be the cop to have to put that all down on a report. There's a lot to unpack in that story. And speaking of automobiles, while I do this next story about recalls from Ford, why don't you call Tommy Cross... He's ready to go on with us right now, oh, the really? defenseman from the Springfield Thunderbirds, and he apologizes profusely for missing his earlier time. All right, I'll call him when we go into the break. All right, very good. So quickly, uh, there's a recall from the Ford Motor Company, about 200,000 cars, those purchased across the southern United States and Hawaii. If you have a 2014 or 2015 Ford Fusion or a Lincoln MKZ or even a 2015 Mustang, there's a recall of those cars. It has to do with the brakes and apparently high temperatures in southern states eroding a portion of a rubber brake pedal part, which also led to the brake lights staying on indefinitely. That's news to me. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel. I think we're going to have Tommy Cross, defenseman from the Springfield Thunderbirds, on next here at Rock 102. Hi, I'm Mike Morey. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 847 in Queen with Bax and Dave Coombs on Rock 102. A little snow this morning could be subsiding by 10 or 11. Could make your commute a little dicey. Highs in the upper 30s today. The uh, Springfield Thunderbirds are on the road tonight in uh, Charlotte to take on the uh, the Checkers. Uh, they don't have a home game until the 28th when they come back to the Mass Mutual Center against the Lehigh Valley on the 28th. And on the phone is right now, uh, defenseman... Uh, Tommy Cross. Tommy Cross. It's like I had, you know, I had, a, I have all, everything on a uh, index card, and I put it away because he, he was, uh, we didn't, uh, we didn't get a hold of him. But uh, Tommy, how you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Good, very, good, very good. So, so Bax, I found out that Tommy's a New York New Year's resolution kind of guy a couple of weeks ago, and right. his resolutions were a to put away the cell phone for certain periods of time, and b to go on a golfing trip with his college buddies and score a hole in one. And I got to apologize to you, Tommy. I kind of threw out last time we were on the phone that I've had three of them. I didn't mean to brag about that. One of them was <laughs> one of them was pure luck. It was a skull shot. Another was 235 yards. I hit a good shot, but obviously a lot of luck involved. Wait. Only one of them was good. And I'm also very old. I've got guys, buddies of mine, who are 50, who who are scratch golfers who haven't had a hole-in-one yet. I'm sure you're very good. And yeah, well, wait a minute. Was this hole-in-one through, like, the windmill or the clown's feet? I mean, which what, what kind of hole-in-one is this? It was legitimate, the one the one of the three that I really hit well. But, Tommy, your time's coming. <laughs> hey, you, the hole-in-one is a badge of honor, so wear it proudly. That's great. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not sure I want to buy a round of every, for everyone in the clubhouse three times in my life. I think that would clear me out once, and that would be that would be it. <laughs> Well, so, a funny story about that. I, I, the one I had that was the skull shot, that was the horrible shot, was during a tournament. And a buddy of mine was waving cars off the street that had nothing to do with the tournament. Hey, my friend had a hole in one. Come on in. He'll get you a drink. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not, that's not going to happen. Tommy, I, th I think the hole in one would probably be easier than giving up my phone for a week. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So you guys are you guys are on the road for for a piece here. You got to Charlotte tonight, then uh, Bridgeport on uh, on Sunday. I know you won the other night, but you you had a uh, like a like a four game losing streak. What 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 was going on uh, there with you guys? Yeah, we had a bit of a skid. We um, you know we had 
we weren't playing our best. Uh, that combined with we had some roster turnover, a couple injuries, and a couple guys that uh, were out with COVID, and then a couple guys that were up in St. Louis. So we had, uh, you know, guys come in, guys come out. So uh, that's something that you know I don't like to make excuses, but I think it, it affects the chemistry a little bit. So, but um, you know, it was we pretty much had the same lineup going the other night in, in Charlotte, and we played a great game on Tuesday. So I think uh, we just responded well and. Um, you know, it was good that we turned it around in Charlotte on Tuesday, and then we play them again tonight. So if we sweep them on the road, that's that's a huge victory. Um, but we're happy to, to start with the first win. Well, still second place in your division in the uh, AHL and the parent squad, the Blues, in second place in the Central Division of the Western Conference of the NHL. And um, overall, pretty good news for the organization, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we're, you know, we're in the, I guess you could call them the dog days, January, February, where, uh, you know, you got lots of games to play and, Teams are, you know, coming into your building. They're they're playing really well. So it's it's been a grind, but I think we're we're excited about it. I know I know St. Louis is on a roll as well. Um, and then for our team, it's been nice. We've had contributions from a lot of guys. Uh, some young guys have come in and played really well. We've had a couple older guys uh, join our team that have played really well. So we've got a good vibe going. And um, we had a nice day off in Charlotte yesterday, so we went and actually played some top golf. So that was fun. And uh, and then we're headed to the rink this morning, morning skate, and then back at it tonight. This is uh, Tommy Cross from the Springfield Thunderbirds. You know, you, this is part of the the, the problem with uh, with AHL hockey and any uh, you you minor league hockey. Uh, you, you're always going to wind up having guys called up, and it does affect your chemistry a little bit. I mean, in 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 some respects, it's almost to be expected that as you go along throughout the season, there are guys who are going to be there, guys who won't be there, guys that may come back, and guys who just you know stay up and never come back. The challenge of of uh, of keeping a team cohesive throughout a season like that has got to be kind of difficult. I mean, I know you've been in the AHL for a, a, a good couple of years here, but that's always got to be uh, something you guys have to face. Yeah, it's a big challenge in our league. Uh, you know, the, the leveling factor is that every team deals with it, every organization does, but I think um, it affects certain teams at different times in the year. And we've been fortunate where the guys that have joined our team um, and, and a lot of them are still with us. They've done a great job of just fitting right in and, and playing their game and not being shy. And uh, they've become a part of the fabric of our team, and they've, they've kind of uh, took over some roles. So that, that helps. And then I think um, it's it's something that it's almost a backhanded compliment because you know when St. Louis is calling a few guys up from your team, it means that those guys are playing well for us. They're at the top of their game, and and they're needed to help the big club. So. It's kind of uh, it's a culture thing. It's an attitude thing, and uh, our coaching staff talks about it a lot. Where you know it doesn't matter who we're playing, we we know how we have to play, regardless of who's in the lineup. And uh, it's something that we're we're pretty good at staying focused on. And uh, but I'm sure it'll be a challenge, you know, from here on out. Well, different COVID rules and regulations in different places, including here in Western Mass and up in Canada. You guys were up there, down in Charlotte all week. What are the COVID rules like down there? What's been your experience in Charlotte? Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely not like Canada. Um, there's a lot more things open. Uh, obviously there's some mass mandates, but, um, you know, being that the weather's a little bit, uh, it's actually been cold down here, but being that the weather's a little bit nicer, I think uh, we've been outside a lot. It's been, uh, it's been easier to, to get together as a group and, and stay, uh, you know, keep our distance and all that stuff. So, um, definitely not like Canada. Uh, maybe maybe a mix between Canada and, and back home in Western Mass. Yeah, I was uh, I was on the uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds uh, website and uh, and and look uh, looking you up a little bit just to 
just to kind of get myself a little bit to, more familiar with you. You're the oldest guy in the team. So when uh, when these young pups are coming in and they're uh, and they're trying to figure out the, you know what they want to what they want to do in their hockey career, like the real young guys, are are they looking up to a guy like you, or, or are you just like uh, that's not your deal? Uh, no, I like to I like to play a bit of that role. I think uh, actually I think I'm almost outside of that window where they don't look up to me anymore. They look up to the guys that are a few years younger than me because they're they relate more to those guys. <laughs> but uh, I I can help them with a few of the boring questions and uh, you know what not to do or, or how to go about some stuff. So I, I like playing that role. It, it also helps. It, it keeps me young too, and, and makes me feel like I'm just you know just getting into the league because. These guys got great energy and, and good perspective, so um, I think it is it is definitely part of my role to show them the way a little bit. And then we've got other guys on our team. Uh, we've actually got two guys on our team that have Stanley Cup rings, which is really cool. Uh, Nathan Walker and Mackenzie McEachern both were part of uh, Washington a few years ago, and then St. Louis uh, most recently with Mackenzie. So um, we've got a lot of other guys that have great hockey experiences that I think the young guys also uh, pick their brains and learn from them. So they're not going to Tommy Cross, Are you just because they got a just because a couple guys got a Stanley Cup ring or whatever. They're not going to you. That seems that seems to be messed up to me. Maybe he's like Tommy. What was it like coming up into the league before they had cell phones? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was it like before the did, did talkies? My, did my teammates did my teammates tell you guys to ask me all this stuff? They're <laughs> no. all over me about it. <laughs> So we, we wore we wore uh, we wore throwback jerseys the other night at, at the Mass Mutual Center. It was '90s night, so we wore the the Falcons jerseys from. And I actually remember going to games when it was the Springfield Falcons. Um, and a guy on the other team, he whispered over the bench. He said, "Hey, what's it like wearing your rookie jersey?" He <laughs> <laughs> said, "Come on, man, I'm not, I'm only 30, 32. <laughs> Hey, do you have uh, roommates on the road? By the way, do you have like assigned roommates all the time? Same guy or not? Yeah, it's supposed to be the same person all the time. But with uh, with you know the ever changing roster, I've had we've had three trips, and I've had a different roommate every time. So this week it's Nathan Walker. He's uh, he's actually been up and down between us and St. Louis. Um, and then an extra road trip. Who knows? It might be somebody else. Now, have these have these guys been behaving themselves? I mean, you, you know, again, you're the oldest guy in the team. I mean, you must have some rules. You know, you establish some. Some you know, everyone understands that if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna room with Tommy Cross, there's some things you have to understand. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pretty I'm pretty flexible. I don't. Uh... I don't know. I got two kids at home, so getting out on the road is, uh, you know, I get I get I get a good night's sleep, and I got less uh, less chores to do, so it's kind of nice. But I mean, you know, I miss my family, obviously. But um, no, not too many rules. Just um, you know, no TV on while we're sleeping. That's for sure. Gotcha. Right. You don't divide the room and say this is my side of the room, and you're not allowed to cross my side. <laughs> no, because I got the far bed, so I got to get to the bathroom. So I shouldn't. I can't be doing that. And are you bugging your roommate right now? By the way. <laughs> Yeah, that's all right. I got to get him up. Very good, Tommy Cross. Hey, listen, we appreciate the uh, the time today. Good luck uh, tonight in uh, in Charlotte. And uh, well, I'll catch up with you next week on Laser. Okay. All right, sounds good, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, it's eight fifty seven with Bax and Dave Coombs on Rock one hundred two. The Amazon Echo Dot is the new radio, and you can listen to Rock one hundred two by simply.